You're listening to the Visibly Fit Podcast. Hey, I'm your host, Wendy Pett. And every week, I'll give you holistic, practical solutions for everyday issues related to nutrition, healing, functional fitness, and behavior modifications. As a naturopath, fitness expert, and wellness coach for over 20 years, my goal is to empower you to reach for greater health and to rise up to your next level of living in mind, body, and spirit. You were created with greatness in mind. It's time to own it. Are you with me? Then let's dive in. Do you sometimes feel like there are many voices just clamoring to get into your mind and it's overwhelming? You don't know which one is uh, your voice, God's voice, maybe the enemy's voice or society's voice. It's like, ah, stop the insanity. I just want the one voice. I just want the the truth, God's truth, and and to be in aligned with with really his next steps for your life. Well, I have a perfect guest on the show today. She is a um, licensed marriage and family therapist. Her name is Tracy Terrace. And uh, oh, and by the way, if you're just tuning in, this is the Visibly Fit podcast, and I'm your host, Wendy Pett. So thank you so much for tuning in. Um, but Tracy is a therapist, and she's an author of Many Voices, One Truth. Tracy Terrace is a healer and educator. Uh, providing guidance through her private practice within her church and in her community. She is the president and owner of Healing the Mind and Spirit Incorporated, where she leads a team of therapists as they guide people towards healing. She's located in Santa Clarita, California, and her team there, uh, her and her team, they offer therapy services to individuals, couples, and families, as well as coaching services that cover a variety of topics from creative blocks, uh, nutritional problems, and women's issues. But since the release of her debut book, Many Voices, One Truth, she's been on multiple uh, radio programs and podcasts and and different interviews to share about um, just her writing process and also the spirit-led wisdom inside of it. But Tracy is currently in the process of writing her second book that's digging deeper into what it truly means to have our identity anchored in Christ. So I love that. Um, let's see. Tracy's service to the city of, of Santa Clarita is also very important to her. And she is a member of, of multiple organizations. And she, um, gosh, she shares at the community college and at her church and all kinds of great things. She is being a powerhouse in her community. And Tracy combine, combines therapy tools and prayer techniques to help readers uh, and her patients discern the difference between the voices that compete for controls over our mind. As I mentioned before, the self, society, Satan, and the Savior. We want to hear the Savior's voice, right? Ultimately, she teaches readers how to turn down the volume of other voices and turn tune in to uh, the voice of the Savior in order to develop a deeper intim- intimacy with God and a life full of freedom and purpose. So with all that, Enjoy the show. Well, welcome to Visibly Fit Tracy Terrace. We're so happy to have you. You are just on a mission to help people understand that there are many voices, uh, but there's one truth. And that's the name and the title of your book, Many Voices, One Truth, Sifting Through Competing Noise That Interferes with the Savior's Voice. Wow. 
hello, we need this more than ever. Tell us how you even got started and why you are so passionate about, about this, this message. It was twofold. One was my own journey. I had a baby sister that one of my baby sisters had a stroke at 37 and I went out to take care of her. And while I was there, I, you know, was bustling around trying to set up social services for her. And it was very anxiety provoking and very overwhelming. I sort of knew how to set that up. I'm a a therapist. And so a lot of times I work with case managers who do that for me, but I was doing that for my sister. So I was sort of on on my own and I felt all of this anxiety and then started feeling like I wanted to go home. And when I spoke with a friend of mine, she said, Tracy, this has nothing to do with what's going on there. It has everything to do with what you believe about yourself. And what I what happened was when I was young, my mother traced my palm with her finger and said that I would have a short life, that I would die young. And I thought I had dealt with that. I dealt wow. with that in therapy. I had taken that to God in prayer and, you know, had really dealt with it. But seeing my sister who wasn't 40 yet, and I was already in my 40s, go through this, it brought up that belief. So it really caused like me a little think, trauma, right? Yeah. Trauma belief. What? Yeah. You know, so on the on the one hand, I had all this therapy. I was a follower of Christ. And I believed that I had dealt with that. And I had, but sometimes the things that we believe go so deep that it takes a deeper excavation to really get it out of there. So that was one thing. And the other thing was my clients. I have most of my clients who come in for one thing or other, whether it's depression, anxiety, creative blocks, marital issues, all of it often goes back to what it is they're thinking and how they're thinking about it. So I spend a lot of time during my day helping people to identify the thoughts that are in their heads and where these thoughts are coming from, whether it's early life trauma or early life situations or how they're thinking of it now. And so with those two factors, I figured, you know, I really need to write something that's going to help people put these things that I'm teaching my clients into practice because it's it's writing a book is a farther reach than having someone come into the office. Sure. And also not everybody can afford therapy. So like in my book, I have a lot of CBT and prayer practices. CBT means cognitive behavioral therapy, just for your listeners. I know you already know that, but it's cognitions have to do with the thoughts and how you're thinking. And then behavior has to do with the behaviors you choose as a result of what you're thinking about and how it makes you feel. Yeah, that's so good. And, you know, I immediately jumped to Romans 12 too, right? Do not be conformed to this world, but be be transformed by the renewal of your mind. But here's what most people don't continue on with that reading that, that by testing, you may be, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. A lot of people leave that part of the the verse out, don't they? (laughs) Yeah, they do. And that's, that's the biggest, that's one of the biggest part of CBT is that testing your challenging your thoughts. You have a thought and you don't automatically, well, we do automatically believe it, but then we work on what else is true, like what's a different perspective or what is the truth? Because not all thoughts are true. You know, some of them are those fiery darts mentioned in Ephesians. It's lies basically to trip us up, especially as women. There's so many lies we believe. I had a mom in here uh, just last week and 
great mom. Kids are grown out of the house, having their own life. And she was wondering, you know, had some doubt, like, did I do a good job? Could I have done a better job? And I, I sort of normalize that. We all think that, like, we all think we're not doing enough as moms. And yeah, mommy guilt. <laughs> yeah, mommy guilt. You know, even after we've launched, like, even after we're done and Girl, have grandkids, yes, right. <laughs> wondering, you know. So what I told her, I, I talked about the four uh, stages of, of uh, child rearing. One is commanding. Commander is when you just tell them what to do. Coaching is you show them what to do. And then counseling, which is the teen years, the first two are the early years. Counseling is like you ask them a lot of questions and you you get them to think for themselves. And because they know the answers, you've raised them in that commanding and coaching stage. And so now mm-hmm. teaching them to go within and dig out what they know to be true. And then the final stage is confidant. You know, you're not raising them or or counseling them. They are coming to you because they trust you. Mm -hmm. And I asked her, and I knew the answer to this. I knew because we had talked about, you know, her kids. I said, well, uh, are your kids in a, she goes, they call me all the time. They're calling, she's just crying. She goes, they're constantly calling me. We connect every day. And I said, because you went through all of those stages, a lot of us miss stages, you know, or we don't complete them. But if you can get to that confidant, and even if you've missed all the stages, you can still repair. Like God is the God of redemption. Anything in your relationship can be repaired, but it really gave her peace because she was thinking about, yes, I did do those things. I wasn't thinking about them in that way. And I'm like, that's why we have the Holy spirit. Like psychology comes up with all this stuff, but God had it all set in motion anyway. Hello. <laughs> Preach it, sister. Yes, yes, and yes. Well, I, I love that um, you say that there is a competition for the center stage mm-hmm. of our mind, and it's an ongoing one. And I want to talk about that because you said, you know, uh, many voices, one truth. Well, we're in a society and a culture that's like, hey, you know, whatever's my truth, whatever's your truth is good. You know, it's it's an interesting time right now, right? So let's talk about oh, yeah that uh, that competition for the center stage of, of our minds. And I think a lot of times people think that they get, we get perspective and truth mixed up. Mm-hmm. So I can have one perspective, but it doesn't mean it's the truth. It might be my truth, but if my truth is getting in the way of my functioning and in the way of my relationships, if it's causing me to have this doubt on the inside, it means it needs to be examined because yeah. perhaps there is a truth that I can latch onto to get me through whatever is next. So in the book, I talk about the uh, major voices that most of us have going through our mind. And I use the analogy of television networks because when I was growing up, there was cable, but we, we didn't have cable. We only had ABC, NBC, CBS, and PBS. Those were the major networks. And right. You know, the first three, they called themselves the big three. So in the book, I kind of paralleled the voices of self, Satan, society, and savior to demonstrate that just as when you're watching television, uh, you can choose to turn to change the channel. Mm -hmm. You can choose to turn up the volume on something or turn it down or off. It really is up to you, you know, like we are in command of our own self. Like we have free will. God, yeah, God gave us free will. Our minds may be all over the place, but it doesn't mean that we don't have control of them. It just means that we need to train ourselves to be in more control. That's so good. I love it. I love it. Yes, you have 
the choice and the the control to turn the channel that's even in your mind yes. turn the channel so um what would you say to one of your is one of your biggest tools as um, a reader's disposal for managing their thoughts i mean i know you're going to say the word of god first and foremost <laughs> but what are yeah. right right but what are some of those other tools that you would recommend it, it depends on where the person is. A lot of times people have been in therapy before. So I might start with something midway, but in the beginning, what I will often start with is something called a thought record, where we look at an event or a situation, we name how they how that event made them feel and the intensity from zero to 100%. And then we talk about, well, what was the thought that first popped into your mind? And then we name the thoughts. And then I teach the concept that there's nothing on the outside of you that can make you feel anything. It's what you're thinking of what's going on on the outside. So even though the third column in the thought record is number three, it really is number two. Something happens, we think something about it, and then we feel something. And so then I teach them how to figure out, well, what's what's the evidence for this? And what is the evidence against this? And from that, we come up with a more balanced thought about that situation. And then we name what are the, like, how, how angry do you feel thinking about it this way? How lost do you feel thinking about it this way? And it's almost always goes all the way down to zero, or it'll be different emotions that come up that are more, you know, constructive instead of destructive. That's so good because, um, you know, with my patients as well, it's the emotions just tend to set them in a tailspin because uh, they, you know, they just camp out on that emotion rather than the reality of what's really going on. Um, yeah. and, and not that emotions should be dismissed, but we have more control over them than we give credit uh, to. And so um, yeah. I want to talk a little bit about, I guess, a little bit about emotions. But I, before we go there, I want to talk more about seems like there's like a, an epidemic, if I will, if, if you will, of, of anxiety, right? And depression and, and those kinds of things that are, are going on. And, and a lot of it is self-induced on some levels, right? How can a person tell the difference between just common everyday contributors uh, and when they should consult a professional like yourself or myself? Well, em emotions are very uh, transient. You know, they come and they go. And if you're having emotions that you're able to get to the other side of without it fun uh, interfering with your functioning, if you can still go to work, if you can still relate, if you can still, you know, pretty much think your way through things, then those are just common everyday, you know, emotions that come and go. And the reasons emotions come and go all day long is because we're thinking all day long. And that's where prayer and meditation come in, because if you can slow down your brain waves to operate like we need the beta brain waves yes. to work and to converse and to you know be active but people who meditate and pray deeply they get more into the alpha waves so if you can kind of go and train yourself to be more at a relaxed even keel then you'll be able to get through those emotions back and forth when you should consult with a professional is when your feelings are getting out of hand and getting to the point where it's interfering with your functioning. If you find yourself either calling into work or wanting to call into work often, find yourself being easily irritated and going off on people, like getting into more arguments, 
if you find yourself with with sitting with your emotions and not being able to engage in whatever needs to be engaged in, then you should reach out either to a pastoral counselor at first if you're if you're not sure about therapy, a wise older person that knows a little bit more about life or whatever you're going through than you do, or a therapist so that you can really get in there and figure out what's going on. Yeah, that's so good. And you know, I know you know this as well, but our emotional health, if it's not taken care of, it manifests in our body, right? At the cellular level. Right. And that's usually when I'm working with patients, right? Because it's at that stage. And so we, we as therapists together, right? More or less, um, we, we don't want anyone to have to get to that place. So diving in and having therapy is not because you're weak. I would say it takes a lot of courage. Right. And, and yeah. so let's talk a little yeah. bit about that because especially, I guess I would say more in, uh, on the male side of things, not, not females as much. Cause we like to talk it out. That's how we roll, you know, let's talk, but, but men, uh, if I were to generalize tend to be a little more apprehensive in that space. So what would you say to somebody that's like, yeah, you know what? I need therapy, but that's just for weak people, you know, forget about it. I'm, I'm stronger than that. Let's go there. Getting someone to help you navigate your thoughts and your feelings, navigate your relationships is one of the strongest things that you can do because therapy isn't easy. Depending on what it is you're presenting with, there is a process that you have to go through and walk through until you get to the other side of it. So if you need help, it takes a, a, a huge amount of courage and strength to be vulnerable because there's a certain amount of vulnerability that you're engaging with, especially if the person is a stranger. Like I have a lot of clients who will come back and forth here and there whenever there's something uh, going on in their lives. But most of my clients are new, you know, they're, they're, they haven't been in therapy before, or they were when they were teens or, or whatever. And it's really hard to sit down and talk about things that are getting in the way of you living your life. But you can either decide I'm going to remove these obstacles so that I can live my life and live it to the full, or I'm going to continue to hide from these obstacles and pretend they're not there. But just because you're pretending you've got it, it doesn't mean that you do have it. Deep down, you may, but you have to figure out who can I get to help me remove these barriers or show me how to do it so that I can get to be who God originally created me to be, you know, and and, and it, it is hard for men because men are often told, you know, buck up or figure it out or like be a man as if being, being a man means you can't talk about your problems. It's quite the opposite. It's quite manly to say, hey, these are my foibles. This is, these are my shortcomings. These are my um, areas that need to, I need to grow in and then doing something about it by talking yeah. with someone, you know? So good. Yeah. That's one of those voices, um, uh, you know, from the enemy that's saying you got to do it on your own and you don't need help and just stuff it down, stuff it down and it'll go away. And, and that's not reality. So, you know, with my audience, it is uh, visibly fit. It's about being fit, mind, body, spirit, emotionally, relationally. And that's really why I wanted to have you on because there's, you can't compartmentalize, right? Uh, we are a, a, a solid person and, and um, we, we have to make sure that all areas are, are healthy and whole and, and 
approach it as a, at a holistic uh, approach. So that's why I want to talk a little bit about sleep because I talk about sleep with my patients as well. And, and, you know, sleep issues on the rise, it seems because, um, you know, of all the extra stimulus, I mean, people's parasympathetic parasympathetic nervous system is just, they're not even addressing it. <laughs> you know, they're, they're watching things late at night. They're just overstimulated, but let's talk a little bit about, um, even children are, are dealing with sleep issues on a, on a magnitude, a scale. And so what are some uh, contributing factors that you've seen and uh, that this is, this, this has actually become an epidemic in, in the case of, of patients you're seeing and, and working with right now? What's your take on it? Stress and the screen is, is the biggest, are the biggest two contributors. And so what I do with my patients is I give them a little bit of psychoeducation with regards to brain waves so that they know that this is within their power. Like I talk about, you know, like the active brain waves are beta and that's what's going on all day. And one of the reasons that people are having a hard time falling asleep or getting to sleep is we go, go, go. And whether that's, you know, working or whether we're on the screen or whether we're just really stressed out and anxious without coming down. And then we try to get in the bed and we're not going to go to sleep because the brain waves are still going like this. And so a trick is to get your brain waves to smooth out and slow down to the alpha waves because alpha those that's where creativity lies that's where relaxation lies and so one of the tools that i teach my uh clients are have to do with sleep hygiene and so sleep hygiene is understanding that towards the end of the day around five six o'clock the serotonin in your body goes down when the sun starts going down mm -hmm. and then the melatonin goes up when the sun starts going down and it's the opposite around four or five o'clock in the morning, the serotonin goes up as the sun is rising and the melatonin goes down. And so I teach my clients how to capitalize on that. Like if you feel yourself, like you want to train yourself to start getting sleepy around, or at least resting uh, around five, six o'clock. And one of the ways to do that is to have a routine because the brain loves patterns. And so an hour before you go to bed, cut out the screens Take a bath or a shower, have some kind of physical transition, have a spiritual transition where you either do some meditation or prayer or you're reading something that's uplifting, turning down the lights, maybe having on nature sounds or soft music, because what's going to happen is your brain and your body are going to work in conjunction and say, oh, it's time to chill out. It's time to calm down. And if you do this over several weeks, if you've been having trouble going to sleep, your your brain and your body will sync up because you're right. We can't separate. You know, the Bible talks about a strand of three cords are not broken. And a lot of times we think that means, you know, two people coming together in prayer with the Holy Spirit. And it does mean that. But if you think about that on a personal level, it's also your mind, your body and your spirit. And so in your evening routine, taking care of all of these different areas like even some light stretching, you know, uh, after your shower or before your shower, taking care of all of these different areas to help them to work in conjunction with each other. Over time, you will, your body will have a natural bedtime again, because once upon a time you did, and you'll want to go to sleep, but you have to, we have to listen to that. We have to resist watching that next episode on Netflix. We have to resist 
scrolling through the screens and training ourselves to be right here, right now and getting into those alpha brain waves. Yeah. Right. And, and definitely being intentional about seeing sunrise and sunset to recalibrate the circadian rhythm. Right. So all that's all very important. And I, I really talk about that a lot as well. So I'm glad you do uh, with your clients because that is when you're not when you're not balanced and your body hasn't had a chance to repair and heal during the the sleep rest cycles, then your emotions are all up and down and you're anxious and all the things. So I'm so glad that you um, are, are, you know, attacking this, if you will, at a holistic, uh, you know, mindset and perspective as well. It's so good. Well, um, speaking of just kind of emotions, I want to tap into, because there's so many from, you know, anger to, grief to all the things and their lower vibrational frequency emotions. Um, and, and our cells operate uh, in a way that we're, we're vibrational beings, right? So let's talk about the, the patients, the clients that come in that are operating in that lower, lower vibrational uh, emotional frequency, if you will. What are some of the things that you instruct them to do to get to the to the higher level of vibration, if you will, from joy to happiness to just peace. What is it? Some breathing techniques? Do you have them do anything like that? Well, when they first come in, I, I employ a, a form of therapy therapy called narrative therapy, hmm. and it's what are the stories you're telling yourself. And then I teach them how to recognize that when and like real time. Like I'll encourage them to think about this. And then what do you feel? And then think about this. And then what do you feel? So first we we look at the stories that they're telling themselves, which are thoughts that are playing out in their heads. And sometimes those 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 thoughts turn into narratives about their lives and who they are or who they think they are or who they've been told that they are. Right. And then we look for evidence against, you know, the contrary. And so we start thinking about those and and notating like what are the feelings and the that you have as a result of this and then the third part of that that was the middle part the third part is um thinking about well what how do you want to go forward and what do you imagine you would feel what it, like let's tell me what that what does that look like and what does that feel like so there's two exercises that i will give that go along with this and uh, one is, I call it block meditation. The block therapy is the first few minutes you're taking in your surroundings using grounding. Yeah. And grounding just means what are what's coming in to my five senses. So I have them look around the room yeah. and just, you know, in their head, name the things that they see and then move to their ears, name the things that you hear. Like I hear the traffic outside. I can hear Halen. I hear the sound, the silence of the room. And then move to your nose. What are the things that you smell? I can smell the lotion on my hands, the coffee that's sitting in front of me. And then you move to your mouth. What can I, is there anything I taste? You know, maybe you taste the coffee from before. You just taste the natural environment of your mouth. And then you move to your feelings. I can feel my feet and my shoes. I feel my bum on this chair. And you just do that, like, but much slower than that so that you're being intentional about it. And then the next few minutes are uh, you choose a focus word that keeps you in that state of groundedness. And you just think of that word. And whenever your mind wants to go into different places, and it will, bring your mind, gently bring it back to that focus word or phrase. And then the third part of it is 
visualize something that you want for yourself and imagine that you have it. So if you have a, a fitness goal, like if you want to tone up or add muscle or lose weight, visualize yourself pumping iron in the gym and just like going with all the big dogs and just how great they are. Like spend the last few minutes of that 15 minute meditation, visualizing that and imagining what it is you will feel. Because when you imagine how you will feel, you will feel it. Mm -hmm. So you put yourself in those higher level emotions by imagining what you want. That's one exercise. And the other one is I use whenever someone is having a hard time making a decision, I'll ask them, have your 10, 10 years from now self write a letter stating, well, this is the road I took. And this was the result, especially if it's someone trying to figure out whether they want to change jobs or something. So I stayed at the job and this is what happened, or I left the job and this is what happened. Kind of future piece it. Yeah. It's a, it's a powerful exercise because I think at our core, we know, and I think the spirit, when we ask that, I think the spirit really guides us. And so I always give them the instruction of don't try to control it, just write, just free write and see what happens. And it's a very powerful exercise because if they make the decision that is the more uplifting decision, that those are the feelings they're going to feel if, yes, you know, if so they're good. doing that, right? I love mm-hmm. that. And that's so practical, Tracy, because it's it's being present, right? When you're actually having them look and and hear it and listen and smell and taste and feel, it's about <sighs> present. Yeah, because so many yeah. things are are just pulling us out of being present that we can't even hear yeah. the truth. We can't even hear God's voice, and that's how we're able to to listen and hear and notice. So I, I love all that you're doing, and and I love I know that you have so many incredible clients that you're helping, and you're making a difference in this world. So thank you again for coming on uh, Visibly Fit and and sharing as a Christian uh, therapist. I know this is so important for people to understand that there are people out there that can can help. And you are one of those people. And even your book, if, if, if you're not in Santa Clarita, um, you know, there's a book, you can get the book. And where do we get this book? Many voices, one truth. There Find it on, on amazon.com. Okay. Amazon.com. That's the main place. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. And we can find out also about, also about you at tracyterrace.com. Correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Please think about subscribing to my email list. Yes. Um, and you will have list, little nuggets, the, the kinds of things that Wendy and I talked about today in short blog form and just to help you figure out how to move your life forward in the direction that you want. Awesome. I love it. You're amazing, Tracy. God bless you and your ministry and your work that you're doing. So thanks for coming on the podcast. Take care. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Well, I sure hope you enjoyed that episode of Visibly Fit with Tracy Terrace. If you want to get her book, which I highly recommend, Many Voices, One Truth, you can get that at Amazon or Barnes & Noble, or you can go to her website at tracyterrace.com. That's T-R-A-C-Y-T-A-R-I-S.com. I'll put that in the show notes. And, uh, you know, there's always a place to go to get resources and help. And it's really just a choice to get out of the place that you're in into a better way of living. And so if you are looking for a better way of living in your health and your well-being, then check out my website, go to wendypet.com, W-E-N-D-I-E-P-E-T-T.com and schedule a time for us to have a conversation. We'd love to walk you through 
to becoming your best health and mind, body, and spirit. So, um, you know, kind of what are you waiting for? Whether it's going to uh, a therapist like Tracy, a, a licensed marriage and uh, family therapist, if you've got um, some healing and some issues there that you need to get resolved, go somewhere to get help. Uh, we are resources. We are tools to get you to that next level of living. So again, if you're looking for a place and a way to uh, break through your current state of your health and, and well-being, then uh, go to wendypet.com and I'd be more than happy to have a conversation. And let's see if visibly fit in uh, seven weeks, if the seven-week accelerated program is a good fit for you or not. But I believe you would benefit greatly. So let me know how I can assist. Let's just have a conversation and we'll go from there. But I hope this episode benefited you. Please like it, share it, leave a rating, a five-star rating and a review, and that will help kick it up in the algorithms so that more people can hear it and see it. So I appreciate you. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Visibly Fit. Catch you next week. Well, that's a wrap for today's show. So thank you so much for tuning in. I love spending this time with you. To learn more and get more free resources, just head on over to wendypet.com. And thank you in advance for sharing this episode and this podcast, following and subscribing, not only to this podcast, but finding me on social media, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, wherever you are, I'm probably there too. Until next week in our next podcast time together, make it a visibly fit day.